Hi, everybody. It's it's a bit unusual uh, episode of Five Book Bendings podcast. Uh, we decided uh, at the end of the year invite uh, several of our uh, previous guests and uh, discuss this uh, year, their recent projects, and uh, all the funny things that happened during this pandemic. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Uh, we have we have uh, Rita Udina from from Barcelona. We have Mark Cochran from London. Uh, my co-host uh, Pavel Varonin uh, joins us from Moscow, and we, we really hope to see Ingrid Dubik uh, from uh, from Norway. Uh, but yeah, for for now he has some uh, connection troubles. So hi everybody, nice to see you, safe and sound. Hopefully. Hello everybody. Hi. It's a real achievement that we are that. <laughs> 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 yeah, so uh, I, I guess in the beginning we'll, we will give a bit more time to Rita because she, she needs to leave in uh, 20 minutes already, not, not, not 30 minutes, but 20 minutes. Uh, but uh, uh, can you just tell us uh, what uh, interesting things happened uh, after we talked last time? Uh, we discussed uh, future courses and uh, stuff like that. Uh, maybe you have some news, maybe you had some interesting stuff. Uh, well, yeah, many, many interesting things, uh, not, not any um, workshops uh, presential because, because of the COVID, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I have done many lectures and many, many online things and videos and these things. And um, well, I have been mostly working and I have a, a project now that it's just finished and it's a really interesting book. This one? Yeah, okay. I will go a bit far. <laughs> so this book, it's a limp uh, vellum binding. And well, it's not that uh, unusual, no? Because it's, uh, well, it's like a normal binding. Yeah. But uh, it has, it's a manuscript from the, espera. Uh, 17th century. Yeah. And it's written and, in, in cursive as far as I see. Yeah. So it's. it's yeah. See, see, see. Let me look for the. What, what kind of manuscript is it? What's in the 1636? <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. It's a, it's a manuscript written by a notary that explains the, all the historic important events of a town, Terrassa. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing of this book that I had to restore, it, it is now restored before anyone asks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the interesting thing I could uh, see be before any treatment that it's a reused binding. And you can see this because you see that the, the yeah. fold of yeah. the joint is sort of um, separate. So this holes should be beyond yeah yeah in a different no? position yeah <laughs> exactly so because of that i i could see that it's a reused binding which is not that uncommon we see yeah. this uh, often no and when i had to um, uh, well, work on the binding i found inside the covers the the original covers <laughs> <laughs> that that the book had had and okay. i have them here so okay. it's a it's a pretty curious thing because so 
these are the covers. Oh, wow. Inside the book, and you can see the, the title. Yeah. It's, it's a bit, uh, a few years before. Six, yeah. uh, uh, 1611. One, I, I cannot say, sorry, I'm a bit tired. <laughs> yeah, so, well, it's, it's, uh, well, it's funny because it's a very important manuscript for, for this town because it's, uh, the manuscript itself, it's, uh, it's really important. And I had never come across uh, this to find the original binding inside yeah. the binding. <laughs> Yeah. So, bueno, it's been a, an interesting case, and I have been working in many other books. Uh, well, all of them interesting, no? But this one particularly. Yeah, they decided to reinforce the old uh, the old cover somehow with the new one. Yeah, I, I imagine the yeah the old one was broken, and when they were to do the new one, they used it as a layer of the board. Yeah. That's and it somehow uh, reminds me, Mark, of your experiments with uh, with books because this new cover, uh, <laughs> it, it sort of became uh, this uh, piece of art almost <laughs> after it was damaged yeah, by, by some, some book binder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the archaeology of the book is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it's, it's amazing what you can find in books. So, yeah, but, but, yeah, it brings a smile to my face when I see something like that. And yeah. of course, I think it's important to keep that originality as well. And it's beautiful job, beautiful job. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I understand that you, Mark, uh, uh, oh, Pavel wanted to ask uh, something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just wanted to know that it's, uh, it's curious. 1636, it was about this time that uh, uh, one of the last waves of the Great Plague came, uh, came to Europe. So ah. it's very likely that somewhere inside that book, there's a note about somebody <laughs> self-isolating somewhere. Oh, yeah. So I it's, it's timely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pinpoint, so I, I was not about to leak the, <laughs> the book, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's good how by the end of the year we can... Uh, make fun of this uh, pandemic and uh, all the things that happened to us <laughs> finally uh, mark i see you have some yep. uh, some christmas decoration hanging from from the ceiling what what other from things the no I, I had a, a small um for us our second lockdown's finished yeah. and so i can actually have a single student in the studio at a time so i'm very fortunate with that obviously wearing masks and all sorts of stuff yeah um but yeah, we just had a, a, a day of, um, it's one of my um, sort of long-standing, medium-standing students and just working on a project. And for a little bit of levity, I thought, just a little bit of levity, I thought we could do a day of flottage. And so that's just a, a bit of residue uh, hanging from the print rack. It's a poster I did at the beginning of the plague as it were yeah. i'll just get it hang on <laughs> so six, 1636 <laughs> i've got a i've got a small uh, proofing press yeah and i've got a collection of old um blocking blocking plates and printing plates and i just make them into very simple posters yeah and then just to give the student an example of, of how you can destroy something with flottage 
I just dipped it in the flotage tank and came up with that. Again, it looks quite virusy, I suppose. Uh, so it's in keeping with everything else. Um, yeah, it seems to be a theme developing here, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> so that was just basically today. So yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. And I really like uh, uh, talking in, in the end of the year and speaking of all the uh, things that uh, uh, we saw during uh, while recording our podcast and uh, uh, talked to different guests. I really like how it is that uh, every next uh, talk, every next guest uh, adds something to previous uh, our previous talks and uh, uh, gives uh, you know additional dimension to to what we are uh, what we've been doing because uh, just just uh, uh, the one, the episode that we aired just today or yesterday uh, I don't remember for sure was about uh, a hobbyist printmaker printmaker and he showed us some of his prints he made with uh, decorative uh, printing elements and now Mark shows us something like that so it all fits fits perfectly. It, almost if it's been planned, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the universe, I guess, or something. Yes. <laughs> so, and uh, how are the regulations in in uh, Catalonia uh, now? You still don't don't have any visitors at your workshop, or how does it work? Well, the regulations here in Spain uh, change every day so it's really difficult to know at some point what uh, are we allowed to do or not <laughs> so i guess that's something that uh, uh, that united kingdom and spain share in this and the regulations are different in different regions because in catalonia we have uh, some restrictions and in other areas are different but yeah by now we can go to work but we can't go on weekends so yeah it's not that fun we can go out to go to work but not for the weekend yeah <laughs> Yeah, we, we want we wanted to visit uh, my wife's brother in in Berlin. Uh, we wanted to rent a car and drive there, uh, not to use any flights or something. But then we found out that uh, in November Germany changed their rules, and now it's previously it was like you can make a test and you go there, and if it's the test is negative, you can uh, do anything you want. Uh, but now it's you go there, you quarantine for five days. After that, you have to make a test. You have to wait two more days to get the results. And if the test is negative, you can do anything you want. And oh. then you go back to the Netherlands and you have to quarantine for 10 days. Oh, <laughs> so wow. we, we canceled our car and we decided that, yeah, well, okay, we stay at home. <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult to plan anything. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I grew out of that habit. I mean, <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine with that as well because yeah, I mean I don't need that much planning, no, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still here 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 we are. <laughs> we, we planned something and made it here. <laughs> Almost everyone yeah. uh, uh, well, we need to to wait uh, until Inger finally connects to, uh, to our chat. Okay. So Mark, any any interesting projects? Some some found objects? Uh, one or two, I suppose. I've been working on a couple of commissions which have been finished, which is good. Um, I'm sort of making plans for next year. 
um, more than anything else as we're coming to the close of this year. So I think that um, it's been an interesting year because of having to be more self-reliant, obviously, and um, doing all those projects that you thought, I'll do that later on. Now's the time I found to do them. Mm -hmm. So yes, I've been working on um, a, an artist book where yes, there was found objects, bits of rag used, all sorts of stuff, bits and bobs, which is quite interesting. It's gonna be a conservator's nightmare, but I'll be dead by then, so I don't care. Mm -hmm. And um, it's gonna be, uh, it's, I'm just looking forward now to 2021 um, and sort of getting back to some sense, hopefully touch wood, of normality. Um, <laughs> but then okay. one has to question, okay. what is normal? Have what you been normal? bearing any more books? I've been dying to that's find very out. Personal, that's a very personal question. Um, <laughs> I, I do actually have one underground as, as we speak. Um, it's in a friend's, I, I'm, I've got a friend who's a poet and I've been working with him as well. And um, it's sort of, uh, you know, so anyway, but it, yes, it's buried. Um, so we'll, see I, what, we'll see what happens after Christmas with it. I guess you, you finally need to get your own uh, private cemetery of books or something like that. <laughs> That'd be a very, what an interesting topic. <laughs> well, <laughs> wow, yes. I mean, and, the, yeah, yeah. And the positive one, yeah. So, Inger, Inger, are you with us this time? Yeah. Do you hear me now? Yeah. Hey. Perfect. <laughs> Hello, all. We're Hello. all together now. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So uh, our, our third guest is uh, Inger Duvik. Uh, uh, he is uh, uh, joining us from Norway. And uh, how is the weather? Is it snowy already? Uh, not snowy. Here in the southwestern corner of Norway, it's uh, not often we have snow, but uh, uh, tonight we have a, a, a cold, uh, windy uh, autumn afternoon. Yeah. No snow. Okay, so uh, did you have anything, any any interesting projects uh, during these months uh, since we last talked? Uh, besides the one, I guess you you it, it's too early to talk about. Yeah, I'm uh, working on on uh, two books. Uh, one for um, designer bookbinders international uh, competition in 2022, and uh, also planning uh, for uh, societal bookbinders competition. I guess that will also be in. 2022. Okay, yeah, because everything is shifted now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for design book binders, a books about a book about um, uh, botanical, uh, uh, yeah, botanical book flowers. Yep. So I okay. can't show it because it's uh, for a competition. Yeah. Have you been teaching? Sorry. Have you been teaching? Uh, not, uh, not now, not, no. And last time you told us that you will maybe uh, move forward with your plans for, for your book bindery and uh, making a separate workshop and uh, moving away from, from your kitchen setup. Uh, yeah. Are there any news there about that? Inger? Uh, sorry, uh, oh, you asked me? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, I, I'm still I'm still working at my kitchen. Uh, I have a uh, room at the uh, ground floor that I plan to 
set up as a bookbinding uh, room uh, when I retire in a little less than one year. Yeah. I have all uh, the equipment and a lot of tools and, and uh, all stuff. So uh, just waiting to retire. So I guess we have to return to you next summer to, to discuss yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Try that and hope, <laughs> hope, hope, hope you will be able to visit me then. Well, next hopefully. Summer. Yeah. yeah. I, really <laughs> hope, I really hope it will be possible to travel to Norway then. So uh, we, have, we have three different uh, guests with absolutely different setups because uh, when Rita showed us, showed us uh, her studio, it's, uh, uh, it's much more spacious than I guess what Mark and Inga have. <laughs> and uh, uh, and uh, Mark has this uh, beautiful studio packed with everything and uh, all, all the things that he uh, acquired among the years and then uh, 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 there is this utilitarian approach uh, from Inger with, uh, with, with using kitchen for, for his bookbinding. And uh, uh, do, did you have any uh, additions to your workshop? Anything new, anything interesting, any new tools, something you, you'd like to talk about, Rita? Any new tools? No, I have uh, these that it's not new. <laughs> <laughs> well. What is it? It's uh, I don't know the name, but this you you do this. A riveter. Okay. Yeah, I don't know the name, and you put here uh, a piece. Yeah. And when you press like this, yeah, it makes a, a hole on the board. A, a round hole on the board, and I bought it because I found it nice. And I use it as a weight, but only recently, <laughs> after having it for maybe 10 or 15 years, I found a moment to use it. And it was like, oh, because I have a really, really thick board, really strong, that yeah. I cannot make a hole regularly. And with this, it was so easy. So it's not a new tool, but it's the first time I used it. <laughs> well, it counts. It definitely counts. And, <laughs> and, and that's why when, when, you, when you see a nice tool, even if you don't know how, know how to use it, you have to buy it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, for, a, for a good price, of course. <laughs> By the way, uh, can I ask Rita, do you need a tool that, that make uh, different uh, sizes of holes? Well, I, uh, as Stefan suggested, when I see tools, even if I don't see the imminent use of them, I always think that maybe, maybe one day I need it. <laughs> so for this case, it took like 15 years that the <laughs> need yeah. appeared. But yeah, I had to bind um, really an oversized book it was a an album with plans so the book was almost one meter really big and i made um so it was stitched not soon and i put uh, like a cord mm -hmm. so i needed to have sort of big holes on the on the board and round and nice so that's why uh wait a minute uh, wait a moment I will uh, find something that may be uh, of interest for you. Ah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I also have, uh, see, I have a similar tool. You know. I guess, I don't know, I'm not recording. 
example. I have this, but this, which I, I guess many of you have, uh, was not enough. Yeah. It, it was uh, the the word was like concrete, <laughs> really hard. Uh, this one. Yeah, oh. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. I can help you. No. I, I have this one and this was not, uh, I know, because I, I wasn't strong enough. I mean, the board was so hard that there was no way for me to, to <laughs> and this distance was not big enough. Oh, okay. Okay. See, see. So that's why. <laughs> I, th I, think, I think in comparison, I'm, I'm very primitive when it comes to making holes. <laughs> I've just I've got a I've got a selection of hole punches and I just hit them with a piece of wood. That that seems to do the job for me. Ah, bueno, because you are good at it, but I rarely do that. So <laughs> I'm good at it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't need hole punchers, Mark. Oh, I do. I do. You do. Can't be. You can't beat a good hole. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Um. What I've got, I've managed to acquire some newish tools. Yeah. Okay. How old are they? These newish tools? I think it's very rude to ask how old a tool is. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would. I, well, they're new to me, but they're old to everybody else. Let's just see where that. So, um, a, a little while ago, a student, uh, after I hinted it was my birthday, uh, gave me a little giant, which is one of these little hand player cleaners. Ah. Yeah, I was the, about to ask you about that, Mark. But well, I'm, I'm, I'm now I, here. I am now's your chance. And so the, with this, I find it absolutely super duper for doing leather. It really is, and it's there's no pressure required. You can alter the height of the blade very easily, and you know there's none of this sharpening and you know sort of you know 30 degrees 60 degrees just put a new blade in and, and by this you mean by this you mean this type of tool or this version of of this type of tool <laughs> well this this tool this tool is okay fantastic. and so um i was showing one of my students how to use it another student and she said oh this is fantastic and i said yes it is isn't it and yeah. then she I, said i and have I said, this and I, one which is pretty similar yeah exactly yeah and so and and, yeah. I said, and so she, she said, where'd you get them? I said, it's very difficult to get, very difficult to get. And she said, it's all right. My father is retired. He has very little to do. I will ask him to get some. <laughs> so I said, that'll be a good idea. So literally a couple of weeks ago, I got... Sliding's <laughs> cave. <laughs> three more this one's slightly different because it's got a big knob thing on it there but they're all little giants don't be the color's not important but they oh. all do the same thing so i've got four four of them the oh. problem is of course i've only got two hands <laughs> See, now that's the drawback that's the drawback but but it's you so, have so, your feet you have your feet at the moment, my feet are encased in Doc Martens, and I can assure you, the Doc Martin is not the most sensitive of footwear. And and so, and it's look at that. I thought, yes. So I can now give workshops and demonstrations 
in leather pairing with the little giant. Mm. Now that's why I call a plan for the future. Well, yeah, that's definitely yeah. for 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 the for 2021 <laughs> to have three students at once. Yeah, what, exactly. what a nonsense! <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, guys, so, I, so, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I need to leave. Yeah, it was okay. a real pleasure to meet you all, and I'm sorry that I I cannot I stay longer. Well. Yeah, it was you great to see you. Yeah, it's lovely to see you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. 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 Okay, see you later. This is like this is like turning into tall corner, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you, Mark? Do you uh, do you use uh, the little giant for back tooling? For for back pairing. Back pairing. Um, back I, yeah, yeah. I use. Um, it depends on the leather I'm using, um, mm. and how fine I want to be. Um, I'll either use. I, I suppose mostly I'd use my Sharp Fix to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But again, depending on the sensitivity, um, also, um, you know, I'd use my pairing yeah, knife. Yeah, yeah. I also use the short fix, but it has a little bit uh, too small a gap. If you uh, yeah, uh, but, yeah, it, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. Whereas with the the little giant, you know, you can use it as I know people are going on. Oh, I use a spoke shave. Yeah, <clears throat> I think I need. I could I could never use a spoke shave. It's just too heavy. You're pushing away from yourself. You can't manipulate it. Mm, the blade yeah, gets blunt so quickly, and uh, you think, "Oh dear, oh dear." These I find so much easier than a uh, spoke shave, and for smaller jobs and all sorts of things, they're fantastic. And the the stuff you can do with this that you can't do with the shaft fix. So it really is, and it's also it's cheaper than a shaft fix. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I have a short fix, but uh, but mm. I, I think I, I imagine that when you place the ladder uh, on a uh, little stone and use the the uh, little giant, mm -hmm. it'll work very well. Oh yeah, I've, I've got no problems with it. I don't use a stone. I use uh, sheets of toughened glass. Okay. Because okay. they're easier to store and they're cheaper. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. You you don't you don't like to spend money as I as I, as far as I see, Mark. <laughs> this is this well, is well, strange development. I don't I'm being a bookbinder. I don't earn a lot of money. So <laughs> the two go hand in hand. I think you'll find. <laughs> yeah. One of our guests uh, uh, told us the best way to make uh, a, ma a small fortune in bookbinding is to start with a big one. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, yes. he was he was talking about printing, but yeah, it works. I, I think it goes up through all it, arts it, and crafts. Yeah, yeah. it tra translates perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I, I found uh, a similar tool uh, uh, earlier this year when uh, there still were flea markets in the Netherlands, and uh, I bought it for a couple of euros. And uh, uh, it was exactly this moment I saw the tool, and I wasn't sure. Uh, why and when would I use it? Uh, uh, but uh, well, uh, don't wait fifteen years. That's all <laughs> I can say. Yeah, I guess I need to do some leather binding. Finally, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Haven't been doing books, making books for for quite some time now, and uh, yeah, mm, the fingers get rusty. Yeah, absolutely, I, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, I guess yeah. I, I first need to to get a, an employee who will 
do more stuff uh, for for the shop and then i maybe finally will have some free time to do <laughs> to make some books what about you and your tools i remember you talking a lot about your tools and how you like even to make them and collect them have there been any new ones uh, not really uh, i guess i think i have uh, everything i want I need. I order some uh, more beautiful papers from Shepherds in London uh, yesterday, but uh, uh, and uh, some beautiful letters from uh, Armatan. Yeah. So uh, that's what's new. By the way, Mark. Yes. Can I ask you? Uh, did you have a uh, student named Kari? Yes. She's moved back home. Kari Tveite? Yes. Yes, she's an origin. Yes, she, she yeah. talked about you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's moved back home. Um, yeah. After she, she came over for a year and stayed for 30, mm -hmm. as is the way. And um, yes, yeah, she, yeah, I've I, many years and she's a, a very fine artist and a pretty good bookbinder as well, I have to say. Um, I like what she does and um, her presence will be sorely missed. But don't tell her that. <laughs> we'll tell no one. <laughs> but yes, no, it's uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, and again, she's um, an extraordinarily creative person, anyway. So uh, yeah, I'm, I wish her well. I thought you were to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a she's a, a Facebook friend of mine. Yes. Oh, right. oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Cool. 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 Good stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, she's um, she's she's a lovely person, and um, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to inflate her ego too much. So. Yeah, nice to hear. Nice well, this is small world once again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, frighteningly so. <laughs> uh, I, I also wanted to ask Mark about uh, uh, Booker Prize uh, bindings. I, I, I think you had your experience with making bindings for for the Booker Prize in the previous years. Uh, am I right? Yes. Or? Yeah, I've done about ten. I think okay. something like that. Um, yeah, the, the Booker is a very special um, event. It really is, and uh, it's it's a it's a pleasure doing it because you're working with living artists, living writers. It's not like you know rebinding Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> you know, Who cares about Shakespeare? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, it, the the chance to actually sit down next to them at the pro, at the awards, literally next, you're sitting next to them, is a great honour. But you know you've got to come up with the goods because they've obviously written the novel, the book, and they know it intimately. And you've put a design binding on it, mm -hmm. and they can, unlike a dead author, which can't actually say, "What have you done?" They sometimes do say, oh, "What have you done?" And <laughs> so you've so, had this experience. Unfortunately, I haven't. No, everybody's gone. Oh, yeah, I see where you're coming from, or that sort of thing. And then, you know, you have a chat with them about the work and everything, and it's it's lovely. Yeah, um, it's a great experience. And um, you know, it's it, the, the binders alternate sort of every year or year and a half, two years or whatever it is. And it's fellows of designer book binders that do it. <clears throat> and um, you're under an awful lot of pressure 
because you've got only four weeks or thereabouts to do it. And um, you've got to do it. You're under contract. You can't sort of say, oh, can I, ha can I hand it in next week? Because <laughs> the award ceremony will not wait for the bookbinder. Mm. Here, well, it. this yeah. is absolutely wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. I've told them many times, but am I listened to? No. And um, it, it's to, so you've really got to come up with the goods and it's got to be good because, you know, the images get flashed all over the place. You're on television. You, um, and it, it, if you do see me on television, I'm always following the camera around. <laughs> just going, you know, always trying to get in shot. And the, the, the whole atmosphere is great. And there's a real buzz to it as well. Um, this year, obviously, is slightly different with everything being um, either online or televised or whatever. Um, um, and it's... Um, I'm looking forward to it getting back to normal because though the coverage and everything was fantastic, actually physically being there, it is really is an event. Um, I, and I like to think of it as, as, you know, when I'm doing it as one of the highlights of my year. Um, so yeah, it's, um, and you get free food and the champagne. So there are plus points. And, and what about the books themselves? Do they always go to the authors? Because yeah, they... <clears throat> yeah, it's it's part of their prize. Um, so if, if you're on the short list, uh, prep, uh, you, you everybody um, is sort of a winner. To get onto the short list, you've got to be good. It's as simple and straightforward as that. And all the all the people, all the the core finalists, and all the finalists, they get a financial reward uh, which I, i'm you know and they get um a individually bound copy of their their book which now is before it used to be um you know the standard pages that you would buy in in the shop or you know text block but now that's, that's what i wanted to ask uh, is it is, but, it is it standard pages or or it's a special yeah, it edition? used to be it used to be uh, and we were fortunate because you would get three sets of pages from the publisher and so you could start work on two bindings. And if, because you're working at speed and you don't have the time to consider steps and everything else, you, not that it's happened to me, but you have, you can make mistakes. It happens, especially if you're working at speed. And so you would start working, or I used to start work on two books and work on them parallel. And, and then as time got nearer, just concentrate on one, but I always had the other one as a standby. Mm -hmm. Now it's specially printed on very, very posh paper. And mm. it's all this, that, and the other, but we only get one copy. And so that's just cranked up the pressure even more because you, every time you go near it, like, that's the only one in the world, the only one. So you know, it's, it's like looking at the manuscript book we were looking at earlier. No, that's the only one there is. And that becomes a very precious artifact. It is a very precious artifact from a number of different levels. But with, with, with now with the booker, it's, it's just, you just think, oh no, oh no, oh no. So yeah, that's it. That's, 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 that's the business of bookbinding. It's interesting how it's, uh, how what you just said uh, works along with what, uh, uh, Rachel uh, Wardsale told us mm. uh, when we interviewed her that uh, she considers design binding to be a, 
a single copy uh, work and uh, yeah. Uh, but but if you are working on two copies of the book, it's a bit a different approach, I guess, or something. Well, that, that, that's it's basically that was my insurance, just just in case, just in case, because you've always got it at the back of your mind, what happens if, what happens if, and another thing that probably isn't known is that each one of the uh, people who's doing a book of binding, they have a second. Um, so if, and so uh, quite often I'm a second when I'm not the principal binder. Mm-hmm. Um, and one year I was uh, Lester Capon's second <clears throat> and I got a phone call from him saying, hi, Mark. I went, hi, how's it going? And he said, um, <clears throat> could you do a little bit of teaching for me? I went, yeah, why? Well, he said, I've chopped the tip of my finger off. And it's and it's slowing the work down slightly on the booker. Could you sort of, instead of me having to travel to London and do some teaching, then try, can you just do that? And I went, yeah, of course, yeah, no problem. The thing is, he still hasn't paid me for the teaching. <laughs> and that was over 10 years ago. Well, Imagine the interest on that. <laughs> there is, but I think he's lost interest in it. So it's, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, the booker, it's, it's, it's a great thing. And uh, as it comes, as it's towards the end of the year, you know, it really keeps the momentum going. So, um, you know, and we only know which books we're going to get, we're going to be binding on the day that the shortlist comes out. So, you know, we're glued to the various medium and all, all the rest of it. So it's, it's, it's very exciting and it's good fun. If I do it next time, what I'll do is I'll post, as I do every year anyway, I post stuff online, progress so far and things like that. Um, yeah. To yeah. me, it uh, sounds rather scary to have so short time mm. to, to, to bind the book. And to, yeah, to, it's, to... It's, it's not just binding the book. It's actually you've got to read the thing as well. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, because and, your design has got to come from it and you can't just put something abstract on it and then say to the author, what do you mean you can't tell what it is? Yeah. Um, you, it's, it's, you've got to be there because, you know, you start a conversation with the author and you say on page 56, you mentioned something or other and that was a key point in the design and say, oh yes. And then yeah. you're saying, this is this and this is this. And, you know, you can't BS your way through things. You've got to be very, very... Um, act, active about it, you've got to really know the subject. So, you know, it's, yeah. well, it's uh, difficult. And, uh, and, I, and another thing as well, if I may say this, whatever you do, don't, if you, if the book has been made into a film, don't watch the film and think that's the book. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes mistakes have been made like that and you're thinking, oh dear, uh, long, that's wrong. <laughs> a long, long, long time ago, since I watched watched the film based on a book, because because I was always disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that that's the thing. Yeah, but uh, yes. So one learns from other other people's mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am an amateur, so I uh, I uh, often, uh, mostly, need a lot of time to to, to develop. The design sometimes it yeah. comes uh, quickly, but sometimes it it takes a long time to, to yeah. develop. Yeah, oh, it does. Yeah, I mean the, the the I mean the gestation period for the work that I do for my own personal work can can um, commission work and something can take months. 
it, mm. quite seriously. And uh, one book I was working on during uh, lockdown um, was uh, uh, an artist's book that's part of a series of 20th century icons, and it was um, about Picasso. Mm. Now, that's a, a very difficult subject in its own right. And so, you, you know, it's finding links and finding ways of being able to work with an iconic artist um, mm. and, you know, sort of a, an unknown collaboration, as it were. It was that was very, very difficult. And it, it took me three months to actually formulate where I was going with it. The actual making of it, in comparison, it only took me about a month to make. It wasn't that long, uh, but it's that, you know, and um, fortunately the, the collector is a very nice person and he understands and he's, um, you know, uh, extraordinarily understanding. Um, whereas a recent commission I've just finished actually, the idea came and the design theme and everything else and the construction and the architectural form came within about two weeks. And then there was the about a four weeks working out working out the construction and how I would do it, and then the actual making was only three weeks. So in comparison, that's less than half the time. Mm. So it, it's very. Um, it's, sometimes things can happen quickly. Sometimes things don't happen quickly. And sometimes you have too much information, which clouds everything. And sometimes you don't have enough information, which leaves you scraping at the surface, trying to find out more to get more of an in-depth view. So yeah, I, it's, yeah. I mean, that's why the booker is scary. You don't have that luxury of time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so, it, yeah. It's, uh, and uh, uh, I guess you're also working on uh, a book for Design Book Binders International Competition. I can't say. Uh, uh, I do, and I made <laughs> I made them, and and uh, I was not uh, uh, it was not good at all. So we started on another one, and I mm -hmm. think that that um, uh, some topics are more difficult than others. Yeah. For example, uh, flowers, botanical. Mm -hmm. There are mm -hmm. so extremely much to choose. Yeah, it's it, it it's it's a it's a very interesting theme for the competition, and it does it, it depends how you take it and the way your mind goes. The the only not problem, but one can always always see that the the judges may not see where you're going or where you where, you know the journey that you've taken to get where it is. Mm. And so they're they're just they're, they're looking at the artifacts, they're looking at the finished piece, and yeah. they may not understand it. And also during any judge, I've been a judge on a few for a few competitions, and also you have limited time. You know, you can't spend you know a morning looking at one book and trying to understand it, mm. and look and thinking and the balance of it and everything else. You you have to have a, sometimes you have to be very very quick. And um, there was one competition uh, I did a, a while ago. I was a judge, and all the judges, you know, you're ticking the boxes and you're going through. And we came up with a winner. And then I said, Yeah, okay, that's, you know, that book's really good, really good. It would be the one you would take home to meet the parents. Mm -hmm. But which one would you take to bed? And the, everybody went, 
well, that one over there. And I said, yeah, same here. That's the problem. Mm. So, you know, it takes better read. That's what I mean, by the way. Um, and it, it can be a real problem. And um, I, 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 though I enjoy judging, it, again, it's not easy. You've got to be, um, you know, it, it's, it's a, a different set of rules and everything else. So, which is one of the reasons why I don't enter competitions because it's, um, it, it can be difficult. And also my students are entering and it would be unfair of me as a teacher to enter the same competition because I should be concentrating on theirs oh, and their work and, and not on mine. So <laughs> plus you've got, I, with it, with, when I'm, if one doesn't enter, you have a clearer overview and your, your, your view isn't clouded. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's another thing as well. Mm -hmm. So I think I may have told you my position as far as the DB competition is concerned, <laughs> just in that last sentence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got you. <laughs> so uh, Inger, you showed us uh, some of your bindings uh, during our talk and uh, there were bindings that were uh, based on the same book uh, and they had similar designs, but still you prefer to change some small details with every next uh, uh, work. Uh, so I guess it's, 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 is it your approach to never make the same copy of the, of the binding or how, how does it work for you? I don't know really. Uh, 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 once again, what you said, what you mean? Uh, you, you showed us some of your bindings uh, that are based on the same book, but yeah, yeah. Uh, still the designs have some small details different. And uh, uh, you, you, you change some things. So they, for example, these uh, uh, three books that you made for, for your children, as far as, as, far as I remember, they yeah, all yeah. Had, had a small different design. So you can, you can see that's, that's the same style and the same theme, but uh, uh, still every, every binding had its own design. Oh, yes, of course, I, I <laughs> tried to do that uh, as with uh, the binding with, uh, for my uh, kids and uh, for uh, the um, uh, birds. Yeah. Uh, the bindings for uh, birds. So I always uh, uh, make uh, different designs for every book. That's, uh, that's what uh, that's what it is when you do design binding. And uh, how it is with you, Mark, uh, when, you, when you've been making two copies, uh, were they the same copies or they were different? Um, uh, yeah, they were slightly different, but that's the nature of the work. Um, I mean, for example, I'm working on, um, again, during lockdown, I was working on a commission um, uh, where I, was, I, I filmed, go, you know, sort of back pairing and stuff like that on it. Um, and uh, when the book eventually got to the recipient, uh, the recipient liked it so much that uh, sort of commissioned me to do two more. And I said, um, that's great, but each book will be different. There'll be the, the theme, but they will be different. So it'll be a variant, a variable mm -hmm. on it. Um, that's a great, yeah, lovely, lovely. So I don't necessarily work, you know, making exact copy. When, you when you're working with books and you're working by hand, it's very, very difficult to get them exactly the same because there's always going to be the, the human quality of the human er, as it were. Um, but, you know, doing a, a set of encyclopedias with, you know, five razor bands, a bit of gold tooling, and it's all, you know, and every book marvel. 
that's a skill in itself, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not where I come from. And I think for the work that I do, um, I, I, I'd like people to be able to feel that they have something that is unique. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's been, and it, to be honest, it doesn't take a lot of effort to make things unique. Um, even if you are following a theme, um, different colorways, different positions of the tooling, still using the same tools, still using the same techniques, but is, but, it, but then again, one could say that there are a number of bookbinders around who that's all they do. They have one style and they vary it with color different and different position for an onlay or a bit of scrunching up or something. And, and that's it. <clears throat> um, I, I like to tackle each book independently and individually. If it means working in a different construction style, then I'll do it. Um, don't stick with just one, you know, one theme as it were. Um, Cause I, I, I think that's, that's not where I'm coming from. But I think we discussed this in episode mm. one, as it, yeah. as it were. <laughs> so, uh, could, uh, could you talk yeah. a bit about how you design a book, by which I mean the process? Because Richard Watsale showed us her uh, d uh, design notes. Mm. They were fascinating because she works on the technique. She works on the drawing. She uses lots and lots of drawings. Then she yeah. dreams. And yeah, I, th I think I work in a relatively similarish way. Uh, in that having an art school background um, you, you you do tend to work things out I've got uh, numerous sketchbooks knocking around with designs and things so stuff is constantly whirring around in the head and I don't necessarily and, and that's another thing with um, designer bookbinders is that uh, when you go for your licentiateship or your fellowship people like to be able to see your your working process so um, you know we we work I know it's a very old school, but we work, you know, um, making notes, doing drawings, visualizing our thoughts to think, you know, if I attach the board in this way, is it going to work? So there is a lot of background and proprietary work. Um, I also work on maquettes as well. So for example, um, for one of the recent bindings, I actually made a maquette board, which is actually bigger than the size I was working on, to see whether or not the size, the thickness of the board would work, and mm -hmm. to visually um, and physically work the design out on the board as well. So if you like, this is sort of like the artist sketch or cartoon of the finished painting. And so, you know, to check that the, the, the opening closing mechanism will work, that it will do what it's meant to do, that it's you know, solid. So again, I'll be working on a maquette now. I'd leave this as it has been left in the studio just to see what warping there is and all that sort of thing. Because this is one of the things about being a book binder, being a book artist. It's not like being a canvas artist where you're working on the one surface and that surface is stretched. And, <clears throat> and for the majority of artists, you know, they layer the paint on and that sort of thing. With us, we've got the mechanics of the book, the engineering of the book. We've got all these different aspects coming together. We've got this multiple surfaced medium. And because we're applying materials to natural boards that moves with the application of adhesives, pull of the materials and everything else, you have to have a very fine balance between the two. So again, that I work that out as well. You know, how, how many layerings there is, it, all these things. So it, it's, it's, um, 
I, I always call, I think book binding and book arts is the alchemy of book binding <laughs> because you are bringing together all these things to make something else. And so I, I think of it as a, a series of processes and steps um, and trial and practice and seeing what it is, which is why, you know, books do take two, three, four months to make because you've really got to understand, especially when you're, I'm not saying pushing the envelope, but when you're working in a progressive way, you've got to make sure that what you're doing actually works. You know, you can't just bang it out and say, oh yeah, I meant the board, bought all the boards to warp out. That's a design feature. And that's think, not, that's no, not the no, market no, feature. Not it's about. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, you've got that one wrong because the box doesn't close now. Um, I mean, it worked for Leonardo da Vinci. Why not for you? Well, I, I, could, I couldn't possibly say that at all. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm sure uh, Leonardo would, 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 would agree with you. Inger has something, somebody special over there. <laughs> yeah. My assistant. Uh, well, yes, yeah, that's, uh, that's the way to get likes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I fully agree with you, Mark. And um, uh, about the binders making uh, the same things over and over. I've been uh, a teacher at the design college for uh, mm. 29 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've said over and over again to my students, kill your darlings. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Try to do something very yeah. different from uh, what, you, yeah. what you like to do. Yes, yeah. 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 It, 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 it is a double-edged sword, though. Um, again, it's something we touched on in um, a, a previous episode, is that um, when people are struggling, they're working and working, and all of a sudden they find a style. Mm. people start getting interested in buying again you know we have bills to pay etc 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 and it's a it's very easy to fall into the trap exactly. of um not being progressive mm. and doing the same thing because it pays but and that and there's also the argument that you that you then have a recognizable style so mm. collectors say oh yeah i haven't got one of those from that binder i need that for my collection yeah, exactly. So th th there is that side of it. Um, mm. I, I, I understand it. Um, I really, really do. But I can't think of anything more boring than going into an exhibition or viewing an exhibition online and immediately looking at the book and say, oh, yeah, so-and-so's done that. That's by so-and-so. That's by so-and-so. That's by so-and-so. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if you're looking at thinking, oh, isn't there anything new? And <laughs> exactly. I, I, it, it's... But by doing different things all the time, it, it is very difficult because you don't necessarily, I mean, there are touch, you can't help but have touches that are recognizable of things that you do. You can't help that. But you've got to, I feel you've got to keep moving forward because if you don't, as I say, you know, time keeps moving and you're stuck here, you're going to all of a sudden become mm. very, 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 very old and dated. Mm. Um, and I think that it, it's, 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 it is very difficult, I know. And um, it, it's, it's one of those things, but that, that's my opinion. But as again, you know, it takes a, quite a, a brave collector to, to, to collect or people who want to own institutions or whatever, who say, yeah, we're gonna go out on a limb. We're gonna buy new stuff. You know, uh, it's, it's one of those things, but that's, anyway, that's, that's my opinion. That reminds me a bit uh, uh, about what we discussed with our first uh, guest uh, of this uh, season of our podcast, uh, 
Kalin uh, Daskalov uh, uh, Stopan from from Bulgaria, and mm. uh, he's he's using all this uh, almost traditional Bulgarian element uh, uh, ornaments in, in his uh, in his design bindings you know, or in mm. his bindings, and uh, uh, but then they are not so very traditional, and there is no real uh, tradition of bookbinding uh, ornaments. Uh, of book mm -hmm. ornaments in in Bulgaria now, so he mm -hmm. has has to reinvent everything like that, and uh, uh, yeah. so it's in a way it's traditional, in a way it's uh, innovative, and uh, uh, this makes it so unique and absolutely beautiful. And uh, uh, yeah, I, th I think it's if you can if you combine and you start looking outside and you start looking at different elements. I mean, you know, it's it's some of my work I do use very traditional ways of working but in a contemporary way um, mm. and it's also about you know looking at different cultures and seeing how they tackle things and again different artists and different artisans how they work with the same materials and drawing inspiration from them um, manip again manipulating the subject but this is one of the beauties is if, if you can work making the text block as well then you have the full creative sphere to work in. And it means that you, you can really explore and, ex and go forward with it because you're working within the totality, the, the wholeness of the book. Um, and work, working with existing books is, is great and you can read into things and everything else. But you are limited sometimes. By breaking those limits, it does allow you to go forward um, but again, you're 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 treading into the unknown, and um, it's like we were looking at the manuscript book earlier. That's a beautiful thing, and that's a treasured thing, and that's a single book. That's it. If you're making a single artist book in less than a hundred years' time, that's going to become a very rare and precious thing because it is the the only one in the world. It's not like Charles Dickens. For example, where multiple editions, multiple copies. And um, I, I think for me, that's um, a, a very, uh, it's a very strong direction that I, I, I see myself going into and developing more. I'm still keeping, you know, one foot in what I call traditional design binding, but, you know, getting out more, doing stuff. So that's, that's how I, I see myself going. I've just probably shot myself in the foot now. But there you go. This <laughs> this uh, manuscript uh, Rita Udina showed us. Uh, it's it is sort of uh, uh, my 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 favorite type of a book because uh, there are many similar books uh, written by notaries in different towns and uh, hmm. and cities of uh, Spain and other countries. But then there is something that makes it special and tells its own story that is so unique and when i find something in a book uh, in an old book that uh, tells me it's its own story in some special way or story of what its author or story of its uh, owners or previous mm -hmm. owners it makes it uh, so more special for me and uh, uh, that's that's why i look for old books one of the reasons i do that <laughs> yes yeah yeah i, th I think there are, there, are, there is about I me mean, i um, i have a minor, small collection of older books and I you know I think that you know you find stuff in them all the time you know mm. handwritten notes and the, again the marginalia it can be wonderful you know um one of my favorite books which I've got knocking around somewhere or other yeah 
It's an old school edition of Romeo and Juliet. Um, and it's, you know, it plays and it's got multiple sort of notes and marginalia and acting cues and movement cues written in it by numerous people who use that book. You know, you can imagine all these school kids year after year after year after year using it. And I've always wanted to do something with it because I think it's a it's worthless. It's it's nothing. But the beauty of it is, is that it's been used and it's been part, you know, brought forward. And I, I think stuff like that, it's to be cherished. It really is. Um, so yeah, I'm just wait for another Shakespeare competition, and I'll, yeah. and I'll use that one. <laughs> yeah, and I also think that that um, the binders uh, uh, growing up or something, or the the the, the way uh, the binder lived, or or what he or she experienced, will be mm -hmm. uh, will be transformed into the the binding some way. Uh, as you said, um, uh, as for me, I, I grew up in the countryside in Norway, and I guess it, it will be uh, can be seen in my bindings. And, and uh, uh, binders growing up in, in London or other places, they mm -hmm. will, it, will, uh, it will show their bindings in, in some or other way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose in that respect, I'm relatively lucky for a for a, a many number of years I did live in the countryside so and but um, I, you know I'm, I'm now based in a city um, so yes unfortunately I, I had the best of both so I'm quite fortunate in that way um, yeah it's strange in this country people's idea of when when they retire is to move to the countryside and they find it such a shock <laughs> they really do. the nearest shop is miles away and it's noisy and yeah. there's mud on the road for the tractors and say, what's that sound and that's a wild fox eating <laughs> your cat and you know <laughs> and and all of it and they go oh, yeah. it's it's quite funny people's reactions sometimes <laughs> so but you know living in a city i'm under a, underneath a flight path so for me you know that's part of urban living is this background of noise happening all the time mm, and yeah. um so yeah I'm used to both sides of it. It really depends on the city as well, because uh, while we lived mm. in Moscow, we lived on a thoroughware, thoroughway. Is yeah. it thoroughway? Yeah, thoroughway. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was like uh, uh, cars were driving by uh, day and night, and it was never, never silent. Even yeah, while yeah. We, were, we, we had windows uh, uh, to the inner side of the, to the courtyard, uh, uh, still we had all this noise. And yeah. uh, when we first moved to the Netherlands and we uh, finally rented the, the apartment in Leiden, and it's in the center of Leiden, it's in the yeah. very center of the city. So the, the, the point where the city started uh, seven to 900 years ago is like 50 meters from us. So mm -hmm. it, it's like living on a red square in Moscow. And, uh, and in the first night, I, I, I was, it was hard to sleep for me because it was so silent. There was no noises at all. So it... I, uh, my first thought was to, to say that it's like in the forest, but then it's not because in the forest you have this yeah, co constant sound. Noise. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. more like like it is in mountains, where there is much less sound. Uh, it's uh, post apocalyptic. <laughs> There's nobody else. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. 
So I, I wanted to, uh, speaking about mountains, I wanted to ask something, Inger, as, uh, 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 once again. Uh, uh, I know that and you showed us that you have uh, your process of designing includes uh, uh, computer designing. And yeah. uh, you told us uh, earlier that you had to scrap uh, uh, one of the books you were making this year uh, for, for the competition. And uh, uh, is it often that uh, something happens between the step of computer design and uh, implementation uh, in leather uh, that, uh, uh, you know, you find that it doesn't work. So it, it works on, on, on a computer screen and then you, you're starting to make it uh, in, in leather and it's, it doesn't work completely. Or it may be, a, I don't know, calculation error or something. Uh, you you have one additional millimeter somewhere and and it's just everything is broken. So how how where, where uh, the mistakes are? Uh, the big mistake I made with the book I mentioned was that I I did not make good sketches enough. I did not uh, made uh, uh, much more uh, too. Uh, 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 too much uh, uh, designing. Uh, I, I, I was too proud. I think, uh, okay, I'll start here now. Uh, uh, everything will go okay and we'll fix this on the way. And then karma hit me. Because, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, so really. You've been cocky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, uh, no, it, it didn't work. Exactly, yeah. it, it didn't work. It, it, it ended up in a disaster because I didn't uh, design it uh, too well to start okay. with. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask this because uh, errors are, are so very important in, in our uh, creative and uh, working process. And without errors, often you, can, you cannot progress as, as Mark uh, spoke uh, quite a lot <laughs> during this talk. You mm. need to progress Sorry. and and and, uh, and, uh, and and errors help us to progress uh, quite often. So what's, oh, what's... Uh, oh, of course uh, it, uh, the the, um, the finished binding will never look exactly like the design. There will always be a little uh, 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 move uh, things a little bit apart. And uh, sometimes I uh, experienced that uh, if something went very wrong, I had to go to plan B. And uh, uh, sometimes it uh, ended up even better than plan A because I had to really think about it and, and uh, adjust the plans. Sometimes the, the uh, failures can... can uh, uh, Good. So, so hopefully the second attempt will work for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, th I think that's, it. That, that's an important thing. I think also, you know, when you're working on a design, you're working on it flat on a piece of paper, your notebook or on the screen. To when you're actually working on it as a 3D sculpture, let's say, a book does have a sculptural quality about it, that transfer from the two-dimensional to the three-dimensional, all of a sudden you're seeing it as it really is. And you think that one element that really works well in your design, you actually do it on the book, you're thinking that just isn't working. Mm. And I agree with Inga, you've got to be, you've got to have a degree of flex in what you're doing. 
And you've got to have a degree of uh, humility as well and saying, I've got this wrong. I, I need to have another go at this, which again is why I work on maquette boards. You know, I physically make, quite yep. often I'll physically make, you know, a maquette of the book that I'm working on. Um, and again, that's what I encourage my students to do. So if they make a an error or a change of direction, a change of design, they can work it out on the maquette first mm. and then go on to the real thing. So again, the working in tandem with this. And um, I think some this is one of the reasons why learning the skill, the art, the craft of making the book is not a short course. It's not, you know, something you can do in a weekend and then come out of it with your little certificate and oh, I'm a bookbinder. <laughs> it, it, it takes quite seriously years and years and years and years. And I, I feel that I'm still not there yet because I know I've still got so much to learn. And, um, you know, you sometimes you're learning from people how not to do things. You know, so I watch and I've got time for everybody. If I'm watching a demonstration, I think, mm-hmm, yeah, I can see this is going to go wrong and I think it goes wrong. And sometimes it's very joy and happiness and seeing how people get out of those problems as well. And the thought process of correcting it or the change of direction. Um, one of my tutors, she used to make deliberate mistakes. And then she'd say, right, if this happens, this is how you get out of it. <laughs> and uh, we thought it was all part of the lesson plan. It wasn't. Well, there were actually mistakes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, but it was it was very interesting, and um, you know, and and another thing as well is not to get panicky and too precious about yourself. You know, the, the important thing is the book, not you. Mm. The book is going to be around hopefully far longer than the, the than the binder. Um, you know, you know, like in the old mechano sets, they used to include mistakes into the instruction sets mm. so that, that you have to think you don't you don't just reproduce and follow the steps yeah that, I, I i remember hearing something about that a long long time ago i think it was from my grandfather uh actually, something like that actually soviet knockoffs that uh, were around when i was a kid mm. um, had the same feature but i don't think it was deliberate <laughs> yeah i think they just copied everything as it was yeah, yeah. but i think that's one thing i mean there's also there's a very famous and very well known um manual on bookbinding and that was our sort of bible when we were when i was at college anyway and um it was one mistake in it which actually hadn't been corrected and it was to do with a measurement uh, or how to measure something and the tutor said right following these instructions your homework is to make this book following these instructions and i think i've mentioned this before but everybody turned up with the book and i turned up the following morning without a book and the tutor said why haven't you made it i said well the instructions are wrong couldn't make it following the instructions and everybody else was looking rather sheepishly at their work going well, you know well well I didn't and the tutor said yes well you're the only person who's got it right then Mark you couldn't physically make the book correctly from those instructions <laughs> so um it, it is one of those things and I I, I think again it's there's, there's the happen chance the serendipity 
of the making, which which can really you know take us places. And I, I obviously one doesn't want to fail or have mistakes and things, but so much can be learned from them. But I think it's a question of not being too serious about yourself when you're working. Mm. You know, stuff yeah. does go wrong. This this uh, example of uh, uh, stolen designs and uh, things uh, that were produced by Soviets after being uh, introduced by some other country reminded me of a story uh, my grandfather told me once. So he was uh, uh, he was designing and developing. He was a chief of a lab that was developing. Uh, uh, satellite uh, uh, networks for our military and mm -hmm. uh, they were copying some American system at some moment and uh, this uh, it was a mobile unit or something and uh, it, it has a it had a strange hole in one of the walls and uh, they didn't know why this hole uh, appeared there and uh, what was the use of it why they decided to make a perfect copy as it often was uh, with Soviet uh, technology and uh, a couple of years later, uh, a fuse uh, blown in, in this uh, uh, system and they couldn't remove it uh, until they decided to use a lever through this hole in the wall and just poke it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what the Americans did, to be quite honest. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Drill the hole in the wall so we get in there, get in there. I guess the original design didn't have the hole, but by the moment Soviets stole it, it, it already was upgraded. I assume to leave you, but I uh, would like to say a little thing. When working with um, arts, you will never be educated. <laughs> I used to say to my students, if you think you finished your education, you're not education educated that you're finished yeah no, I, yeah I, I i agree with that wholeheartedly yeah i mean it's there's <clears throat> something that i've adhered to it's it, it's like you know taking the steps in design and bookbinders being a licentiate and then being a fellow you know people say oh cool, you're a fellow now and you go yeah okay yeah i've got there but there's still so much up there yeah, that i've yeah. still got to do yeah. And um, yeah, I, I always think every day is a fresh day and a new start. And uh, what was yesterday is was yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about taking time uh, not to learn the, a technique, but to learn a style, to learn a culture, especially when it's not your culture. When you, you mentioned <clears throat> that you take inspirations from other cultures and it can be a dangerous path. You could be accused of appropriation. Yeah, and, and yeah, you could actually yeah. be guilty of it. I guess. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. we first need to uh, let Inger uh, leave us because uh, I understand he he needs to to go. Am I right? I'm sorry, I have to leave you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice to, to to that you be, would uh, include me again, Stefan. Yeah, yeah. And, it was uh, a pleasure nice, to see you. And nice to meet you, Mark. But likewise, likewise, real pleasure. And uh, hope to see you again. Yeah, yeah, bye -bye. for sure. Bye. 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 Yeah, I, I think that the uh, you have to be very careful, obviously, and you can't do a straight rip off, as it were, because <clears throat> by doing doing that, you're you're not learning anything. What I try and do is I try and find out about as if I'm learning a, a a decorative technique, for example. Try and find out as much about it as possible, where it fits in 
with a different culture, uh, why it's done, you know, and if, if, for example, it's done for a religious reason, for example, a particular motif is something that's very precious or something, then obviously you have to be extraordinarily careful how you use it. And again, you can use that as an inspiration, as a starting point, and then move on from it. But I think that if you um, just limit yourself to, to what you know, then you're going to dry up. And I think it's extraordinarily important. I mean, one, one thing in point, in point about this, um, there was a competition a few years ago, and um, it, uh, one person had done a design on a on the boards, on the cover of the book, and it featured a church. Um, and it was um, a, um, an Orthodox Christian church. Now, I know that the, the cross is different. You've got other bits on it. This person didn't put the other bit on it. And I thought, that's this is strange. That's interesting, because if somebody looked at that, they'd say that's not correct that's you've that's a bit bad sort of thing um and so tiny little details sometimes are very very important and it's also about you know we always use different cultures not always but we always use a different culture to a sense of aesthetic or something i mean you just have to look at chinois chinoiserie or japanese now japanese influenced the impressionists you look at the posters of Toulouse-Lautrec and you can see direct links almost with the woodcuts that were being imported from Japan at the time. So there, there is always going to be influences, always, and it depends how you use those influences. And a classic example of the 20th century would be Andy Warhol, you know, how he appropriated tins of soup, comics, Lichtenstein as well did that and it's about you know the, the artist saying well I'm, I'm using that as my inspiration this is my, my starting point as it were but again you could say that in years gone by art students would go to the art galleries and copy the masters to learn about you know sort of positioning and proportion and all these other things so it is, it is a very difficult thing and nowadays obviously with the internet we have access to so many different things that you can't help but be influenced by so many different things but again it's about respect it's about caring it's about understanding um you know, it's also about again being being honest with yourself i think if that all makes sense and i think it's also about seeing yourself parts of yourself in others Simon Schammer talking about this particular moment uh, you just mentioned mm -hmm. about uh, Japanese influences uh, yes. on Impressionists. He uh, notes that it was first about what Japanese uh, put into the, their prints that yeah. got uh, their attention because it was uh, a modern way of life. It was countryside colliding with the city. It was actors. It was it, it was everything Paris knew, but yeah. in an exotic setting. So yes. it was an instant connection, and it yeah. is very important to see in other cultures not exoticism but commonalities. Yeah, ex exactly. I mean, you know, we're all human. You know, we all have the basic functions. We may go to a different part of the building or wherever to do them, but we all, you know. We all do them. 
and so when you break it down to a quite a low level, yes, we're all the same. You know, we all have to eat what utensils we eat with and what we eat may be slightly different, but we all eat. Um, again, it's, you know, what is exotic to one person is every day to the next person. Um, you know, so again, it's about, it's about this balance and, you know, we, we can travel the world now sitting down on the internet you know there are live cam cameras in cities and you can watch cars go by hour after hour after hour and, <laughs> and that sort of thing so you know you you can be it's not physically immersive but you can be immersed in a culture without actually being there and the problem is with that is you're not getting the sense of what it is and you only can see what you're allowed to see to hear and that sort of thing without just say actually what is what is around that corner and that's that's the journey i mean you know with the i i i like southeast asia an awful lot and fortunate to go there um, you know, lectures and exhibitions and stuff and um you know that for me is exotic even now after 30 years i still get quite excited about it because it is different. And of course, you know, the same is for people coming from Southeast Asia to the UK or Europe. You know, they, you know, they're, they're oh, this is, look at that, isn't that wonderful? And this, that, and the other. And it's exactly, it's the same. We all have the same emotions. We all have to see things with, you know, using these. And again, it's what is our, what is our normality makes everything else seem special and exotic. So, yeah, I mean, yes. that's, that's one of the beautiful things about being progressive, looking forward, going forward all the time. It's it's uh, this this uh, reminded me of uh, uh, my feelings about uh, visiting different uh, regions of Europe because, uh, of course, when you go to, uh, for example, to South Asia, uh, the the differences may be more striking. But mm. then, uh, when you are traveling through Russia. Many things are very similar, but there are differences between uh, different regions, of course. And of course, uh, between yes. some of the regions, uh, the difference may be even more striking than uh, with uh, between Russia and, uh, for example, I, I mean, central Russia, like around mm. Moscow and some some places in Europe. But then mm. coming from from a, a, the, the largest country in the world uh, uh, to uh, to live in Europe uh, and traveling through Netherlands, I can see that uh, in a region that has the uh, uh, same population as Moscow, uh, there are so many different smaller cultures and uh, beautiful traditions and uh, different languages. And, and mm -hmm. this is uh, such a European thing. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's, uh, or, or going to Spain, for example, where uh, there is Basque country, there is Catalonia, there are all, all other uh, parts of Spain which are absolutely different and uh, people yeah. think and act differently. And this is beautiful and interesting. And, uh, and it's interesting when it influences you and uh, and somebody as art you very much so and especially if you you're coming in as as um i hate using the word outsider but if you're coming in and you, you are not from that culture you see things <clears throat> so differently i remember the first time i went to india and getting out of the airplane and the smell was completely different you know the different fruits on trees different uh, everything and you're just thinking this is this is new uh, yeah. this is something exciting um and so that's uh, again was um 
Yeah, that was, yeah, there were lots of different smells, actually. That's, that's like yeah. in uh, a sci-fi. In many books, you, you find the same trope that uh, every planet smells differently, but then you do not need to go to a different planet to feel planet, that. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. You just need to go to India or, I don't know, to, to Arkhangelsk in winter, and uh, yeah. you, will, you will feel absolutely different smells. And uh, then <clears throat> minus 35 uh, centigrade will also help you to... Yeah, find sure the difference. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that would help. Yes. Yeah. I'm. I'm thinking it's cold here, but that's that's nothing compared to. Yeah. Quite. I. Yeah. I. I think that's again. That's one of the beauties. And I think if you've got an open perspective, an open mind, and you're able to take on board stuff, and give it time to gestate, to develop, then it will come out and it will enable you to do things. And it's about also it's about looking at different structures of books, you know, why they work, how they work. Can they be modified to work with different materials, with different aspects and different things? And again, that, that's, you know, all, all adds to the palette of creativity. It gives us the, the opportunity to, to do things. So, yeah. Have you experimented with the Asian formats of books like uh, oh. a, a palm leaf manuscript? Yes, or... yeah, very much. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I mean, um, again, there are so many different variations, but you know, between Korean and Chinese, Chinese and Japanese, Japanese and Vietnamese, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so many different variations, and it can be subtleties like down to the the measurements used, the paper sizes. Um, I, wa I was impressed when I read that uh, uh, some uh, Korean and uh, uh, Chinese step bindings uh, differ in that uh, they have different number of holes. In, yes, in, I mean, in one Korean country five, it's, yeah, it's yeah. even, and in, in 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 the other country it's odd. So yeah, this exactly. Is, it's, this it is, is it's amazing. Yeah, it is subtleties like that which can and often do. I mean, it's when everybody says, "Oh, it's a Japanese binding," and you think, "No, it is yeah, not a Japanese it's not. binding." Yeah you know and you get so angry about it and they say oh, well my teacher said so and I said okay right fine if your teacher said so it must be right but find out for yourself you know um so again it's a, this recent commission London scenes I used a Yamato Toji style binding which is uh, but with a variant where the spine goes around the Yamato Toji is quite a, a unique-ish binding that it can be both hard and soft binding um, and it's a very versatile binding structure. And it works obviously beautifully well with the softer uh, papers, the longer fiber papers, and not necessarily European or hard fiber, stiffer paper. Um, and so again, yes, it's about understanding how you can, you can cherry pick from different areas and again, bring together to make something quite unique. Because the Yamato Toji um, is, uh, a very structural, very architectural style of work in the, the hard binding variant. So yeah, it can work. It's again, it's one of those things um, that, you know, understanding how it works and how you can make it work for you in the way that you work takes it forward. Um, it's, it's, that's, that's one of the fun aspects of the job. Yeah, that's what I like getting out there. But yes, palm leaves, are, yeah, again, it's understanding why those structures were developed in the first place. Um, and, you know, the, the history of it, where it came from, all these other things, I think are very important. You know, it's again, it's about understanding what you're working with, learning the rules of it, 
again, so that you can then break the rules and make new ones if you like. Um, so yeah, again, it's about being flexible. Yeah. And learning to live with making mistakes. Speaking of uh, palm leaf books, uh, we have a planned episode for our smaller podcast, uh, for our bookish talk, uh, talk uh, where Pavel wanted to uh, talk about uh, uh, bark, uh, uh, birch bark uh, uh, manuscripts found in Novgorod region uh, here uh, between uh, Moscow and St. Petersburg. And, uh, and the oldest, uh, uh, is it the oldest uh, Russian handwritten book or uh, the, the uh, the wax, uh, the wax uh, book uh, containing with of several wax tablets. Wax, wax, wax tablets, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and and those Birchbach manuscripts, they are something like uh, you know Vindolanda uh, tablets, but from uh, but, but from the Middle Ages. And mm -hmm. uh, the difference is uh, those London tablets, Vindolanda tablets. You can barely read them, even if you know Latin. The shapes are, um, are weird. It's, it's impossible to connect to them. <clears throat> Whereas with this doc these documents, the connection is instant. It's like Jews often uh, talk about uh, uh, the strange feeling they get when they came uh, come to the museum of the book and see the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, and yes. they can read them, like yes. every word of it. And yes. here it is the same. You can you read words written. Yeah. 800 years ago, 900 years ago, and you can see what the joke was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I mean, this is one of the remarkable things about the materials that that people did use, the longevity of them. I mean, the, you know, the, the, um, we have similar things from the Romano-British period, you know, 2000 years old and- um, from, from the Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, you can still, if you read Latin, you can still read them, you know, that, you know, please send socks. It's very cold here. Yeah, exactly. You know, that sort of, you know, that's a literal one, apparently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the materials we use are, are, and we have used in the past are, are it's mind boggling. It really is. It's, it's a fascinating subject. Again, referring back to the archaeology of the book, you know, it really is the archaeology of the book. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess uh, we will finish now. Okay. Uh, like most parties, I'm the last to arrive. Uh, will, last to leave, I should say. We will. We will leave you to to have your weekend and uh, 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 without us. <laughs> <laughs> More than welcome anytime. Anytime. Yeah. We, no, we, just going, sorry. We really hope to see you next year uh, once again. And uh, sure, no problem at all. It's I been hope. great. I'm sure we will find uh, a lot of things to talk about and to discuss. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. It's been great. Thanks both of you so, so much. And uh, thank you for, uh, you know, doing what you're doing. I think it's very important. And, um, and know, it's so it's much fun. Great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and from the comfort of your own chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that's it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. And uh, we'll be glad to see some of your comments below this video. Uh, many thanks uh, to our patrons on Patreon. Uh, thanks to your uh, pledges, we are able to pay for editing of these podcasts. And uh, this is uh, a great help to our project. Uh, please consider joining the crowd. Uh, pledges start with only one dollar, one euro, or one pound, depending on the region where you are living. 
And uh, on the screen, you will see some of the uh, some of our patrons who pledged uh, $3 or more. Uh, thank you very much to all of our guests who already left us. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Mark, for, for staying with us until the end. Uh, yeah, thanks, the many thanks. End. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> many thanks to my uh, great co-host, Pavel. Um, see you next time. See you next year. Hopefully, see it will be a better year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs>